Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is your host, Madeline Victoria Moon, and this is episode 117. Today, we're speaking with Miss Megan Hale. Megan is a retired psychotherapist, enoughness coach, and alignment catalyst helping soulful women create beautiful lives. Currently, writing her first book, tentatively titled Learning to Love. Megan loves helping women create rewarding relationships, build inner confidence, and align their lives with what they deserve. She's the podcast host over at the Enoughness Revolution, a feel-good conversation on creating more joy in life, work, and love. She's been featured on some amazing podcasts as well as been published on Mind Body Green, The Elephant Journal, and Rebel Society, to name a few. You can find her hanging out at megan-hale.com or in her free Facebook group, the I Am Plus I Can Tribe. If you can hear a little yip in the background, that is my new puppy. He's sitting on my lap and he's having some dreams, maybe nightmares, I can't really tell, but he's a... Oh, he's awake. Okay, he won't be yapping anymore, hopefully. But um, I am so excited about this podcast episode because Megan is amazing. She's awesome. And we had such a great conversation with lots of insight and wisdom in regards to joy. Joy versus happiness and self-worth. It's just so much insight. I think it's a great reminder for anyone who struggles at all with self-worth or who struggles at all with understanding how to create joy in their lives. So get ready for that. I think you're going to love it. Before we head on over, here is the review of the week from... Lishi Marie. And she says, Maddie Moon is amazing with five stars. Maddie's podcast is my absolute favorite. Having battled bulimia and orthorexia, I can relate to her stories and her guests on so many levels. Her show is a constant source of inspiration and motivation for me. When I'm having a rough day, I'll listen to an episode and it helps encourage me to keep fighting and do the right thing. Her show also reminds me that there is hope and is possible to change. I'm 28 years old and I literally just told my best friend that I want to be Maddie when I grow up, even though I'm pretty sure she's younger than me. Maddie is a true hero in the fight against eating disorders. Thank you for being thank you for being you, Maddie, and sharing your gift to the world. You are the definition of courageous. Mm, that's just the best belt that I have. That melts my heart. Thank you. Thank you so much for your kind words, for leaving that review. And wow, that just, yeah, that was just one of the kindest reviews. So thank you for your sweet words. Everyone that has left a review on the show know that you're helping the podcast grow by reach more people. So thank you so much for heading on over to iTunes and leaving one of those bad boys. Before we head on over to the episode, just two more announcements. I have one spot left open for the Forever Free Retreat hosted here in Boulder, Colorado, in my home, um, September 29th to October 2nd. So if you want to be one of those people, just go to the coaching tab on my website, fill out the retreat application, and I will get back to you as soon as possible on whether or not that spot has been filled and if you'd be a good fit. If you are ready for the next step in your journey, you want more than just a weekend, you want a complete life shift, you can apply for my one-on-one coaching. I'm taking two more people for that. And I would love to interview you and see if you would be a good fit. No, this is not for the faint of heart. This is for someone that is ready to make commitments, to grow, and to face the areas in their life that they want to make more progress and growth in. And that can be any area in your life. What it all boils down to is freedom though. So if you want freedom in your life and you want to progressively grow as a human being and you want to be more inspired and motivated and make shifts to make beautiful things happen, then apply for my one-on-one coaching. You may be a perfect fit. 
thank you for listening to these um, these announcements. I think that's all that I have for today. So without further ado, let's hear what Megan has to say about the topic of joy. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited, as always, but I am especially excited today because I have Megan Hale on the show, who is another podcaster. She has her own podcast called The Enoughness Revolution, which I absolutely love the name of. I love the concept of it. It's beautiful. It's great. So I'm really excited to talk to her because she is all about self-love, joy, um, being able to find these things and the simple pleasures in your life, in your work, and in relationships. So welcome to the podcast, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this is great. I love that we kind of got to connect beforehand and talked about the shifts that we're each making in our businesses and our podcast. So this is perfect timing because we're kind of like meeting in the middle and the same, the same interests in the same place. I know. I think so too. I love it when that happens. Me too. So tell me a little bit about your background and your story. What brought you to where you are today? How did you come to be this, this leader in this field of joy and self-love? Sure. So I started off my professional journey um, as a psychotherapist, actually. And I, I was one of those weird kids who always knew what they wanted to do. Like from the time I was probably in middle school, I knew that I wanted to be in the psychology field. I just gravitated towards understanding um, humans and understanding myself. So very early on, I knew that was the track that I was going to go on. And so I went and I did that. And I ended up achieving a, a childhood dream, which was to have a private practice. And that real, that dream really originated from going through some mental health struggles of my own when I was an adolescent, really struggling with depression, anxiety, and low self-esteem, and going to a counselor myself. And I just, you know, I found so much healing there, and I really wanted to be able to offer that to others. So I went and I did that and it was amazing, but I started to realize something really interesting that a lot of the women that were coming to me, they were presenting with depression and anxiety to an extent, but when we really got into the work, what was really causing them the most pain is that they weren't living true to who they were and they didn't really love who they were. So a lot of my work really started focusing on this concept of enoughness, of being enough just as you are, um, where you are, and starting to cultivate more joy in your life by living more authentically. So I started looking, um, you know, at my life and where my passions really were, and I really wanted to help more women step into 
their own enoughness. And so I started branching off into life coaching of really helping women live more authentic lives and started my online business and started the podcast. And here I am doing work that I absolutely love and is so fulfilling when I see women really step into who they are and create the joy that they've really been wanting. And that's such a terrific and much needed uh, career that you've created for yourself because at some level and some degree, every human being on this earth questions their worth. Sadly, Mm -hmm. it it breaks my heart, but it is so true. We all have moments of what, like, just who am I? Like, why am I here? And, um, where is my worth located? Where do I find it? And someone asked me this question the other day when I was being interviewed about how to help people, uh, see their own self-worth. And it's such a simple question, but it kind of stumped me because I'm like, wow, that is just such a profound thought is how do I help people find their self-worth? And I I truly think it's different for everyone, but in your experiences being in this field, how do you help people find their self-worth? I'm going to, I'm going to turn the tables on you and see what your answer is. (laughs) How do you help people identify it, find it and let go of the limiting things that are not where their worth is located? Um, I love this question because I mean, it's, it's like the center of everything that I do. So for most of us, when we really question our worth, it's related to something that's happened in our lives, whether it was something that we did or something that we were told or something that we didn't get or something that we, we got and we didn't feel like we really deserved. Or maybe we kind of interpreted that that it was what we deserved even when it wasn't. So a lot of my work is actually uncovering the root of what's really creating this sense of I'm not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not talented enough, I'm not, you know, anything enough, really. (laughs) I mean, we can go forever and ever on that. And usually more times than not, it's related to some perception that we have created or a story that we have created Um, based on our own life experiences. And so a lot of my work is actually pulling out those experiences, re-examining them with the wisdom that we have now. And a couple of things happen at that point. We either move into forgiveness, um, either forgiving ourselves or forgiving others. We almost always accompany that with some compassion of really trying to understand where someone else is coming from or understanding where the world was coming from or understanding how we fit into it from a more positive viewpoint. And generally what I find is when we have this forgiveness, um, we are able to rewrite our story in a much more empowering light. And so that drastically changes how worthy we feel about ourselves. And it's really the foundation for building more confidence moving forward, opening ourselves up to what's really possible for us. And that's when things start to get really, really good. Mm, Yes. And learning the art of having forgiveness for yourself, I think it's something that takes daily practice and daily attention Mm. because we're constantly changing and we're constantly receiving new messages from the world, new stories. And we have to remember the new story we want to write for ourselves and say, we get off track of the story. Like we, we believe that these are our morals. These are our values. These are our ethics. And we have a moment of quote weakness, or we do something that doesn't really align with those things. Then again comes the forgiveness. So you're constantly having to practice the forgiveness and compassion to yourself because we're human. Like we're oh so gosh. human. And we just like, our brains aren't perfect. We do things that are stupid or 
just as much as, you know, as we do things that are really smart, like it, mm-hmm. just, we're all over the place. And all of that stuff is even subjective. Like what is stupid? What is smart? It's just what we believe, what we have formed to believe these things are. And that's how shame can get in and we have to break mm-hmm. down the shame and learn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, shame at some level, I think can be a daily occurrence when we're not making enough progress that we think that we should, or that thing that we hate about ourselves is really like, you know, rearing its ugly head of like, gosh, like, why do I have to be this way? Any of those things that kind of like interrupt our joy are a perfect breeding ground for shame. And the perfect antidote for that is just compassion and more acceptance. And I think that a lot of times we think that we have to accept ourselves fully. I think that we hear that all the time. In my, in my world, I definitely hear that all the time. Accept yourself fully, accept yourself fully. And, you know, I think that fully is kind of borders along perfection. Like you have to just accept everything all the time or you're not practicing self-love. And I kind of disagree with that. Um, I think that there can totally be things that you're still working on and you're, you can still love yourself at the same time. So I don't think that we have to like totally eliminate all of these things we don't like in order to love ourselves fully. Mm, exactly. I couldn't agree more. I love that you use the word joy. Can you talk about the difference between happiness and joy? Mm, yes, I love this question. <laughs> so for me, I did like a whole presentation on this when I was a, a therapist, but you know, joy is something that is an internal state. It's something that we cultivate from within. It's the way that we look at the world, the way we perceive the things going on around us. It's um, almost like wearing a pair of glasses that we choose to look through a, gen- a lens of joy. Or if you go even one level deeper, it's really a lens of love. Happiness, on the other hand, is something that is created outside of ourselves. It's based on um, like a success or an event that happens or somebody says something nice to you. It's something that is generally outside of our control. And so happiness is something that will typically fluctuate quite a bit. We have highs and we have lows. We have days where we're really happy because a lot of good things happen and we're on cloud nine. And then we have days where nothing's really happening. And so there's nothing really to respond to. Joy, on the other hand, is the way that we simply live our lives. It's something that we choose to to cultivate or to live from. So joy is an internal process. Happiness is an external process. Joy is something that we control. Happiness is something that we can still somewhat control, but it's not fully in our control because we're responding to stimuli outside of ourselves, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So with joy... Even if something doesn't happen, say you were expecting a job promotion and you, if you were to get it, you would be very happy. But if you don't get it, you can still live with joy because you still see the things that you're grateful for in your life and you're choosing, like you said, to look through that lens and you can Mm -hmm. still feel those, you know, emotions radiating throughout your body of joy. You don't necessarily be happy. You might not be happy because you didn't get it, but you can still have joy simply for the fact that you're alive, you're living. And like we've been talking about, you have self-love and self-care. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and I think that gratitude and joy go hand in hand of really being able to focus on what it is that you have to be grateful for. Even like in those, those moments when we don't get what we really want, like if we don't get that promotion or we don't get that call back for whatever it is we're searching for, you know, being grateful that you even had the opportunity 
um, being grateful that you know that there's another opportunity that's even better for you that you just haven't found yet. Um, being grateful for everything that's led you up to this point where you were courageous enough to even make the ask. Um, gratitude is really a, a, another practice that we can put into play that drastically increases our joy. Do you have your own gratitude practice? For sure. Um, and it's, it's kind of evolved over the years, actually. Um, I used to make gratitude lists of listing out my gratitudes. And now it's more like kind of a natural state. I typically always look towards gratitude. It's almost become like a pattern or a habit. Uh, and the, I think that's really cool. The more you practice gratitude, the more ingrained it becomes in you. And that's the way you just kind of experience and walk through your life. So nowadays, gratitude practice has really shifted into, you know, if I am feeling kind of down or feeling kind of low, of really kind of sitting in, so what is it that I have to be grateful for so I can shift out of that instead of making lists? It's more of like an internal process now. Mm -hmm. And like we've been talking about, that's how you get your joy. I think that's such a beautiful mm -hmm. cycle. I love it. So one of the things we wanted to talk about today was um, three of your top tools for creating more joy in your life your work, and in love. What are those three top tools? Mm. So one of the things that I've noticed is that when we have things in our lives that we are carrying regret about, they kind of ride along our backs kind of like a monkey or a really heavy bag. <laughs> and what I have found is that when we can make amends for those or clear the air on those, create that, this level of forgiveness it frees up more energy for us to put towards something that is going to bring us more joy instead of bring us more heartache. And I often think that we don't necessarily give a lot of importance to some of these things. Um, we kind of brush them under the rug of like, oh, it's been years since that happened. It's no big deal. Or we kind of just try and diminish it. But if you're feeling regret or guilty for something, do yourself a favor and spend the 15 minutes to have a conversation and clear that up or write a letter to clear those emotions out. Stop carrying it around with you because it weighs you down a whole lot more than you think. The second thing I think that really helps us dramatically increase our joy is starting to change the patterns that keep leading us to things we don't want. And what I mean by that is a lot of times these things show up in our relationships. I think relationships are one of the most powerful mirrors we have to what we're doing or not doing or what we could be doing better with. So if you find yourself in a pattern where you're constantly getting your feelings hurt, pay attention to what is creating that for you. Are you interpreting things in a specific way? Um, do you tend to personalize things, for instance? If we are in a pattern of personalization, we're typically always going to look through this lens of what's wrong with me or what am I not doing enough of. And that makes you walk on eggshells almost all the time. And you're not, you don't want to, you know, make anybody mad or piss anybody off. And so you're really kind of just not able to be your true self because you're always watching what you say or watching how you act, for instance. So any type of pattern that is really just creating drama in your life, pay attention to it and shift it. And I know that that's easier said than done, but a lot of the work that I do is helping women be more assertive and asking for what they want, um, learning to look through a different lens of how they're perceiving situations. Because most of the time, like dr drama that is in our lives is not really about us. It's about this other person. And learning to depersonalize stuff frees up so much more of your energy to mm -hmm. create more joy. 
Do you have any personal experiences you can share from your own life where you've had to say, hey, like this is leading to the same pattern. I don't want this anymore. And what that shift actually looked like for you? Yes. So, and it shows up in my friendships over and over and over again. I really struggled creating healthy friendships for a very long time. And I think one of the reasons that was is because I didn't know how to approach conflict and I didn't know how to, you know, express when my feelings were hurt because I was afraid that if I expressed that it was going to make somebody else mad and I didn't know how to deal with that. So my pattern was I always assumed how someone else was going to think or feel. And based on that assumption, that would impact what I did or didn't do. Mm. So when we assume how someone is going to think or feel, we take a lot of power away from them. And what I had to change was to not assume how they were going to think or feel but at least put it into the room so they would have a chance to respond. What that really did was helped me learn how to talk about conflict um, and have really difficult conversations. You know, I think when a relationship isn't going the way we want it to go or our feelings are hurt in a friendship, if we don't confront it, it is the breeding ground for resentment. And resentment can really create a very big wedge in a relationship, any kind of relationship. And over time, that wedge gets bigger and bigger and bigger, which sometimes, you know, the relationship can end because of it. And I've definitely had that happen of just avoiding, avoiding, avoiding. And eventually it just becomes too big of, of a split for us to even bridge the gap. And that's created a lot of heartache, a lot of heartache in my life. So learning to um, kind of put out the fires as they're happening has been something that I've really taken to heart. So when my feelings get hurt, for instance, instead of assuming that that person meant to hurt my feelings, I will approach them and say, hey, when you said this, you know, this is how I felt. I just wanted to make sure that's what you meant. Because a lot of times things get lost in translation, as I'm sure we've all experienced. We we think that this person was coming at it from this angle, and then we find out, you know, later that that was not their intention at all. So sometimes just like reality checking the way we're interpreting something saves you so much heartache <laughs> down the road. Right. So learning to just, you know, say it. If it hurts, say it. Speak up about it right when it happens because then, you know, you have the opportunity to communicate about it, to clear the air about it, get on the same page, and then move on. Have you ever had someone in your life where you just, like, you've tried that, but it just doesn't? So let's just be personal here. I have someone in my life where they've been in my, my whole life and kind of just that person's personality is very mm. just like, um, sometimes like sharp, I guess. Mm. And I have just dealt with it for so long. And mm. there are moments where like, it's almost as if I feel, um, like whenever that happens and it does hurt my feelings. And I know that's just that person's personality in that moment. Like they really, they do that to everyone and it's embarrassing though because it'll be in front of other people and my responses are normally like hey that's not really okay to talk to me in that kind of way in front of other people can you just pull me aside politely and say something in a different way maybe like mm -hmm. cuz that's just, like the 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 dynamics it shouldn't work like that that way i don't talk to you like that you shouldn't talk to me like that Right. Yeah. So done that and it hasn't really made a difference and so in my mind i've always i've, I've almost tried to adopt the mentality of I can't change this person 
So mm-hmm. I'm going to control my mind and I'm going to give myself the power to say, it's not about me. It's about her. It's okay. So then I try to just take back the power by letting it roll off my shoulder and not even confront it anymore because I'd rather keep the peace as much as possible with this person. At the same time, I don't think it's that fair to me to like be put into that situation and never really know like how it's going to work out or how this person's going to respond to me. So it's just, it's interesting because as much as I want to be able to say like in this moment, Hey, this is not okay. It's almost exhausting because I know how it goes and I know where it leads to, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Yeah. So, uh, just a couple of questions for you. So I can really get the, the whole picture when, when this is happening, are you um, saying something in the moment or is this a conversation that's happening? Like when this pattern is not occurring? Wait. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, mm, normally it's in the moment. So I see what you're saying. It's probably better to do it. Not in the moment when guards are down and they're not like, well, it can, it can actually go both ways. So that's why I kind of wanted to, to check in because sometimes when we pull somebody aside, when it's actually happening, that can be a really useful tool of saying, do you see what's going on here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're, we're bringing their attention to it. But also another tool to use is when, when this isn't happening, when things are not heightened, especially you, when your feelings are not hurt, you're more in um, an emotionally controlled state. So that's a really good time for you to really express your feelings about this and really kind of go a level deeper with this person of trying to see if they can understand where you're coming from. There's also going to be the situation where you can explain this up and down, left and right, all ways, sideways, and the person's still not going to get it or they're going to be unwilling to change. Right. And in that situation, I think that's the hardest. That's the most hurtful. Um, but again, I mean, it's not anything about us. It's about them. So mm-hmm. at that level, I think you have a couple of choices. Either you can choose to interact with this person or not and definitely have a conversation about it if you choose to not. Um, that's something that I've had to learn the hard way, too, because <laughs> um, like, I'm sure we've all heard the term ghosting of just kind of disappearing <laughs> out of people's lives. And that never really gives anybody the opportunity to to shift or to change. And I think that's a really big disservice. So let's say that you had this conversation with this person and they were unwilling to change or they turned it all around on you, said that this was your problem. That person's not really willing to to interact or compromise with you. And any healthy relationship is going to have a little bit of compromise. Yes, exactly. And I think this is a great example that for like people to apply to their own lives of courage. Right? Oh my gosh, so much courage in that. There's so much courage because especially bringing up something when it's not even happening, like mm-hmm. being able to, when everything, everything is good and bringing this up, you're really being vulnerable and open. Oh and yeah. There's so much, whew, it's just, there's a lot of fear that comes with that. But like I, I was listening to, uh, I was at church the other day and they were talking about such an awesome topic. They're talking about fear and courage and like courage isn't the opposite of fear. And, um, whenever you have courage, it's not that fear is absent. It's just that courage is the, um, the reaction to fear. Mm -hmm. Like that's the proper reaction. So whenever you have this moment of fear of like, Oh my gosh, should I bring this up now? This is, yeah, takes bravery and it takes courage, but it totally does. It, it's serving yourself. It's really honoring yourself in that moment saying, I know I deserve this. I deserve better. So does this person. This person deserves to know uh, how I feel about what's going on. So bringing that up 
like, but I love all you said. It's like, if that person can't compromise and like this person, should they be in your life? Because you're doing the best you can to compromise and you owe that, they owe that to you as well. Yeah. And you know, I think for me, I mean, first of all, I just want to really (laughs) highlight what you just said about the courage and the fear. I mean, when you're being vulnerable and you're opening up about how something is making you feel, you're really coming from a very, very loving place of yourself. And it is not easy to do. Um, the conversations that I've had like this leading up to that conversation, like my heart has been beating super fast. Mm. I feel like my breathing is like <laughs> clenched down, like my stomach starts turning. I've gotten really fearful of bringing something so vulnerable into the room with someone who's already hurt me. Talk about courage. Um, because we're opening ourselves up to this person possibly hurting us again. And I think on a much deeper level, because we're directly communicating about it this time, you know, there's, there's no miscommunication here. So yes, absolutely. It takes a whole lot of courage to have these conversations. And I really want to be crystal clear about that. Mm -hmm. And please, anyone who's listening, do not have the expectation that this is just easy and you're just going to walk up and, you know, (laughs) it's going to flow out of your mouth and it's going to be perfect and effortless. Um, this kind of stuff takes practice. Um, and I still put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> um, I just think the best way to approach it is from a place of love, a love for yourself and a love for this other person. And, you know, when you have this conversation and this person isn't willing to change or if they aren't, um, it doesn't mean that they can't be in your life at all. It just means that you have to set some boundaries with them of saying, you know, we've had this conversation several times now and I don't really see any change happening So this is what I'm going to have to do because of that. When you say these things to me in public like that, I'm going to have to put a fierce boundary up with you and walk away from the situation. And I want you to know I'm walking away because of this. This is why I'm walking away. Mm -hmm. So you're very clear and you kind of become even more assertive as to what you're going to do, how you're going to take responsibility for yourself and for your heart if that person is not willing to change. Mm, yeah. And then, so then in another way you have the power back in your life and you're, you're the victor, not the victim, because mm-hmm. you know what you're going to do. And it's not just in the mind. It's also an action you can take that's serving you, you best and you're taking the responsibility. So you can't just leave it up to this person to do that. You also have to leave it up to yourself to know what is your response going to be and kind of have like an action plan mm-hmm. so you feel prepared. Yeah. And what's interesting, like when, when this actually happens in real life, like we're we're putting this into practice, let's say we've already had this conversation with this person. We've already set this boundary with them. And then what happens when she does it or he does it again and we walk away, it tends to not bother us as much because we we've made a choice and we have no power on what they're going to choose to do, but we have absolute power on what we can choose to do. And so over time, it's kind of like, well, you know, (laughs) it just stops bothering you as much because you understand kind of the way the dynamic works and you're taking care of you. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. That's like, that was some really good insight there. And I, I, yeah, so, so many ways that every single person can relate to this and use this right here. So what's the third, what's the third, the third point? Mm. So for more joy in life, love, and work, I think that alignment is a very key component to all this. And alignment is, it can be a little tricky 
Because in order for us to create it, we have to align with what is true for us, with our authenticity. And I think the only way we get to our true selves is by healing the shame stories <laughs> that tell us we're not good enough as we are. Um, when we really own our power and forgive the things and accept the things and really give ourselves permission to live authentically to who we are, that's where we, that becomes the foundation where we can start aligning everything to that. That means lifestyle changes that really support your authentic self, whether that's diet, workout routine, living situation, whatever that might be. Relationships. We stop settling for relationships that when people don't treat us the way that we know we deserve in work, that's the foundation for our whole purpose of what we're really here to do. We can't get to what we're really here to do if we're not accepting or aware of who we really are. So for joy, the third thing is to really live from your authentic self, which is <laughs> so multidimensional, so multilayered, and so incredibly complex. And I want to be very clear about that because I think a lot of times in the self-development world, it's like this stuff is easy. It's not easy. It's, it's, a it's a lifelong journey of aligning with your truer self. And this is a process. It's not a one and done kind of thing. Um, you know, your values change based on your life experiences. So as long as you're still having life experiences, your values are probably going to shift over time. Mm -hmm. And so our job is to be aware of when our values are shifting and realign so we're honoring those values. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think those are so many good points because being aligned with yourself, I think lots of us are walking around in our day-to-day -day life still taking part in things that aren't really serving us mm -hmm. because we don't have the we're, we're, it's not that we don't have the courage to let them go, but it's almost as if we're waiting for permission to let them go. Cause we live in a world where, where there's you know, a guru for this, a coach for mm -hmm. that. And we're always looking up to teachers and other people to tell us when enough is enough, when yeah. we can let go of something, what's right or wrong for us. And being able to say, I'm giving myself permission to stop. That takes a lot of, I would use the word determination because you're going to be mm -hmm. presented with a situation again and again to either do this thing that you know isn't serving you anymore or to let it go. And when you let it go, you start to create space, like yeah. literal space and time in your life to incorporate something that will serve you, but also just the action of being more in line with what you want to do and who you feel like you are. It serves yeah. you so well. Like even I just got back from three months of traveling and towards the end, I wasn't like the action of me continuing to travel as, you know, glamorous as it is to travel <laughs> around the world with your laptop. It's, it's so cool. I know that, but I was starting to do it towards the end because of that fact that it's so cool and glamorous. And mm -hmm. my heart was saying though, like, I want to go home. I'm tired. Yeah. And that act of leaving there and coming here put me back in alignment. And I had to leave something that I could have kept doing that for a year, two years. But mm -hmm. I left that because I knew it wasn't serving me in that moment. It's very complex. Like you said, I could, I could totally change my mind in a few months and say, man, it'd be so great to be in Asia or be yeah, wherever. But you know, that's the beauty of it is giving yourself permission to change your mind. Exactly. And like, that is so, so huge for creating joy in your life. Like, oh my gosh. And you know, I just moved into a new house and 
I've been thinking about this metaphor because there's so many metaphors that have been coming up for me, like just trying to design my house and get settled in my new house and all this new stuff. And I'm trying to pick out paint colors right now. So I'm on all these different blogs, like all these my favorite design blogs. I'm like looking for these perfect grayish colors. And, you know, I go and buy these perfect grayish colors. People that have loved them in their house, they're like, this is the perfect grayish. Like, this is it. And I'm like, great. I am so thankful that I have found this. So I go and get the paint and I put them on my wall last night. And I'm like, I do not like these. (laughs) And I'm like, why do I not like these? Like, I like them on the swatch, but I don't like it on my wall. And I started thinking about the way we do this with life. Like we look at things that look good in other people's houses, other people's lives, Mm. and we bring them into our house and we want them to look good in our house because they look so good in that other person's house. But sometimes they just don't. And that's okay. You just have to keep on looking. Just like I'm going to have to go back to the paint store today and find find another grayish. We all have to go back to our own lives and say, okay, so that that wasn't me for right then in that moment. That wasn't a good fit. So what might be? And so we continue the search and we continue trying things on and taking things off. That's the whole process of life right there. And I think a lot of times we're like, well, is something wrong with me because I can't find my thing or I can't find my perfect grays or I can't find, no, nothing's wrong with you. Your life is completely different from everybody else's life. Your life experiences are different from everyone else's. Your preferences are unique to you. So it makes sense that you're going to have to find your own little puzzle pieces that fit. Oh, I love that example of the wall paint. Isn't it so true <laughs> that like, it, that's a great metaphor is that we want other people's houses stuff to look good in our house. And when it yeah. doesn't, we feel so weird. We're like, well, she loves yeah. running. Why don't I love running? Like, gosh, right. she loves it so much. I should, but uh-huh. no, like we're, we are not made all identical. So of course we're going to have different likes and dislikes. And the sooner we can learn to be in harmony with that, the sooner we get that third point alignment. Yeah. We start to feel aligned with ourselves. And it is a daily choice. It's a daily thing because every day you're probably going to be faced with some new thing where you're going to be looking at Instagram and you see someone's life or you're going to be looking at someone's dinner or you're going to walk outside and see someone with a certain dog. And like, there's just all these thoughts of like, they have this, they have this, they like this, they don't like this. And we want to be like this particular person for whatever reason, whatever story we're telling ourselves. And then when it doesn't line up, we're like, well, but that that's where I think that's, that's the strongest form of confidence is knowing that you are the way you are particularly for a certain reason and be cool with it, like it, totally. enjoy it. Cause you be cool with it. Be cool with it. Cause you're here on this earth for a reason. And like, even the color of your wall is particular to you and you going with the color of the wall that's particular to you is going to strengthen mm. all those other assets about you because you're being in, in alignment. And yeah, I think if, if you're in alignment in one area, it kind of like ripples over to the next one and the next one and the next one. And then you feel so good that you start to get it. You start to get yes. the whole thing behind doing what feels right to you. Exactly. It's like that one, it's like a domino effect is it really leads to the next thing and the next thing. And because what we're really doing is we're strengthening certain muscles. I think, you know, we're strengthening discernment muscles of discerning of does this feel like me or does it feel a little off? And it, it honestly takes a lot of practice to start getting that muscle very tone and fit. And I think the more we do it, the better we get at it. And the more permission we have to say, nope, 
not me. Totally cool with it. I tried it. It's okay. <laughs> we give ourselves more permission to just be ourselves. And that I think, you know, is so freeing, so freeing. Oh, so, so freedom. So freeing. I love it. The last question I want to ask you before we do the quick fire round is what's one thing you've overcome in your life to find more joy with work and love? Oh, goodness. I think there's a lot of things, but we've talked about some of them. So the one that I want to highlight is in my own enoughness journey, I really was under the impression that if I just did enough or became enough or had enough, then I would be happy. And the thing that I've noticed, especially after I reached that childhood dream of having a private practice, like I had the life I'd always wanted and it still wasn't quite it. So for me, enoughness is right here, right now. It's not somewhere in the future. It's not about making a certain amount of money or having a certain kind of house or having a certain type of relationship or having a certain degree. It's really honoring who I am, where I am, and letting that be enough. Mm. It's such a good answer. It's just being able to honor where you are. And, be, and it's not even necessarily being content mm. because I love, I love the word content and that is good, but it, it's, it's more than that. It's like joyful contentment. Mm. It's like totally different than just content. Cause that almost sounds like you're settling like you're happy with what you have but it's more like you are aligned with what you have and it well, feels you know, right it's like if we if we could just dive in here for just a second because i'm curious what your thought is on this um like being happy with what you have is like that's like the ultimate goal mm -hmm. <laughs> the ultimate goal but yet i feel like on a on a layer sometimes that's frowned upon that it's not okay to just be happy with where you are, with what you have. Like we should always be striving towards more. So it's a kind of a really interesting concept to play around with. And I've played around with it a lot uh, the past couple of years. Like, can you, can you be happy with what you have while still expanding into more? Oh man, absolutely. In my opinion, absolutely. I think that's, I think that in order to continue to, desire growth or more you you will be so more satisfied if you can balance it out mm -hmm. with the happiness for what you have it's just it's like being grateful while still evolving like yes. you can be grateful for everything you have and see the beauty in your life in every way while still knowing that there is room to grow and that can include having more things or doing more things or being more things. There's no shame or judgment in, in wanting to expand and grow because we're humans that are always evolving and that's how it's always been. Yes. And I think the one little layer that I'm adding this year, instead of looking at things as an either or, like I'm either happy and content with what I have and that means I don't want more or I want more because this isn't enough. What if I can just do both? What if I can dramatically like fall just so in love with my beautiful life <laughs> while also knowing that I'm here to give more and do more and become more and serve more? We, we can do both. So I think a lot of us, we get stuck in this either or framework. And I am encouraging myself and the people that I'm coming into contact with of saying, what about both and? Mm-hmm. 
I love that. I really love that. That's something I haven't touched on on this show. So I'm glad that you wanted to dive in deeper with that. Mm-hmm. So this has been so much fun. I know. <laughs> this has been great. Like this is one of the best podcasts just because it was so natural and like really juicy stuff here. Oh, I love it. You love it. Where can people connect with you online? I will have all the links on the show notes, but for anyone that's not on my website, where can they find you? Um, I have a website. It's megan-hale.com. And I mostly hang out on Facebook and Instagram. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at MeganHale underscore MH. Or on Facebook, I have a free community called the I Am and I Can Tribe. Because for me, those two phrases are the most powerful (laughs) words in the English language. Mm, Awesome. I love that. So quick fire round time. Number one, three words to describe you. Mm. Happy optimistic, and dreamer. Beach or the mountains? Beach. What's your favorite color? Blue. Spirit animal? Oh, owl. What's a must-read book? I have to choose one. Um, (laughs) The Alchemist. Yes, I love that. Um, If you could interview anybody, who would it be? Brene Brown. If you had a dinner party with three people, who would be invited? Oprah, Danielle Laporte, mm, and Deepak Chopra. Oh, good collection there. <laughs> Frozen yogurt, gelato, or ice cream? Oh, gelato. What is a piece of clothing uh, or makeup or an accessory that just brightens your whole day? It's like your signature piece. Mm, I have this uh, turquoise ring. It's like a double ring, so it goes around two fingers oh. with a really a pretty piece of turquoise that I found in a little shop close to where I live. Oh, cute. I like it. Mm-hmm. What's the next country on your bucket list to visit? Mm. I was supposed to go to Canada next month, but I had a son, so that's changing everything. <laughs> um, I think, see, I've gone a lot in Europe. I've gone in Asia. I think I might try Japan. Oh, what part of Japan? Probably Tokyo. Yeah. 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 I met some guys that lived there whenever I was in Phuket in Thailand and they loved it. I I would go back to Thailand in a heartbeat. Yeah. It's a great place. Oh, I loved it. Okay. Last question currently. What is your favorite meal? Okay. So this is going to be really weird. (laughs) People just bear with me. So there is like this Greek yogurt dip. It's like cucumber and dill. And I will eat that with uh, raw cucumber and raw red pepper. And I love to get a raw salmon filet and eat it with just a little bit of soy sauce. Mm, It's a very raw meal, but it's so cool and refreshing. The Greek yogurt dip you're talking about, I'm pretty sure that I know, like you you home make it or do you buy it? Oh, no, I buy it. Okay, because I've made one exactly like that, which is Greek yogurt, bunch of dill, I think some lemon or lime, probably lemon and cucumbers all in it. And it's like a Persian thing. It's really good. Yeah. And you can even put feta cheese in it and it was really delicious. I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. That's good. Well, Megan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. And I feel like we're going to have to do this again on my show. I'll have to have you back. I would love that. Love that. 
Everyone, make sure you go on over to the show notes for this episode so you can click on her links, join her Facebook tribe. This is episode 117. While you're there, if you haven't yet signed up for my free course, Surrender to Your Greatness and Unleash Your Dreams, then you can sign up for that over there. It's a five-part course. Brand new, super excited about all the people that have been doing it. So let me know your thoughts on it. And thank you everyone for listening. This has been such a great episode and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. Leave a comment in the show notes and I'll see you guys next week. 